I titled this poem, Who Knew? <clears throat> who knew, not I, not you, then who? Who knew, not I, that one year could divide into two? The past left to die, leaving us longing for what we once knew. Who knew, not you, that we'd be left scrambling for clues, left alone, no guidance, cold, bodies in the streets, their breaths covered by sheets. Who knew, then who, could have dreamed this up, this dark fantasy that's running amok? Who knew, cause I'd like to know, so I could give them a piece of my mind, make them rethink this weird timeline, force them to see through my weary eyes that we're tired and we've had enough. Just give us a chance to catch our breath or at least a warning, a heads up, a text. Now I know that you're disappointed, but I am too. But the most disappointing part is that we all knew. Yes, I, yes, you, we know who. It was there in the shadows when we walked, behind the words when we talked, easy to miss to those privileged enough, but an everyday struggle for those trained to be tough. And now it's there, pointing back at us, waiting for us to return. And I know, you know, and they know too. But we know to let the past be the past and let the dream of returning to it go. Insane. The feelings that you were sharing, I didn't feel those ways throughout the year. I was just like, well, here we go. Like, it was one of those things. Mm -hmm. like, and that's, I feel like that's how life is all the time. So I just found it like part of the course. Chaotic. If you felt this year was part of course, I you can have you can have my experience too, because <laughs> I was not expecting anything in my life to be like this at any point. I that's crazy, SP, that you said that because I also feel like it was expected. Actually, um, around like this time last year, I tweeted like for some reason I just feel like twenty twenty is going to be the year where I have to continually fight for peace. Like, well, Jesus. continuously fight for peace. And I knew it. Like, I felt it in my bones. I felt it that this year was not going to be right. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't, like, quite put my finger on it. But I knew something about it just was not going to be right. And here we are, still in fucking 2020. Like, I feel like it just keep going. It's been the longest decade of my life. Just as just this one year but if we look back you know so much has happened in this year like out, outside of you know the, the obvious things but can y'all think that at the beginning of this year we were in school like that was the same year we were in school yeah wrapping up our last semester and now look where we're at in like what six months yeah damn you know that po that poem reminded me of that Ella May song. Who knew? We I go back, we go forth, we go round and round. The only one I know about her is Badu, beat up. <laughs> Boo doo da do, beat up. And my heart still is Badu, beat up. <laughs> it's not no beat up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's also cool that you said who knew because. One of the things that 
I think everyone got shaken. And you know, we've talked about it before. People in advertising or people in like business world or have front facing, it's all about an image sometimes. And there's a certain way that people like to be perceived or come across. Uh, and it's agreed upon. But a lot of people really were like tested on how much they really do believe what they say. And a lot of people were revealed to be like frauds or the situation mm-hmm. got the better of their ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, or they just didn't, you know, you pull behind the curtain, there wasn't really much there. And now people are like, you know what? Okay, scrap the old mission. Now right. it's just like, let's focus on the priorities. Like these are the things that are most important. Mm-hmm. And it's not about having all these features. It's not about like, you know, like giving so much to the customers. Like, okay, what do they need? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we take that even one step further, I think that America really showed its ass this year. And like, yeah. it's it's true stuff. I, I think probably is like, America is a brand and the brand itself cracked this year. And a lot of us had to come to terms, you know, a lot of us knew already that, you know, what the true America was behind the mask, but a lot of folks didn't. And I think I've seen an alarming number of people that have started to now grapple with the fact that the America that they thought they lived in is not the same place. And now they're on this earth, or now they're on this, you know, living in this country now, and it's not what they are used to or expected of it. Yeah, a lot of people had come to Jesus moments um, in their in their lives. Um, the wool, the wool was pulled. Is that what it mm-hmm. is? That that's what it is, right? That's the I'm not gonna say nothing because I've been <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> the wool was like pulled from the from over their eyes. Like now they the pot see. calling the kettle black. Listen. Yeah, yeah 2020 was crazy. That. Thanks for saying that. Because I think, um, like, for us, we think a lot and we analyze a lot. And then just the nature of the type of designers we are, it's not just artistic designers, it's like the people and the intersections of this and that. We think deeply into a lot of things. So we have seen things for what they are. Mm-hmm. And especially being minorities, we've seen things for what they are. And I think that's what I was getting at when I said I, the, the chaos is comforting. Because mm-hmm. I mean, now everyone can see, like, we're all drinking the same right. thing. We're all the same. We're on the same playing field. But the, what you mentioned of not everyone was on that page, like, that is an adjustment. And I think it's not something for me to be cynical about. And I just think I should be a little bit more compassionate because some people probably didn't know that it was really like this out here. Mm-hmm. I think at, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I just feel like at some point in um, everybody's lives, though, that they have to come to the realization that things are not as they seem. And 2020 was that moment for a, a ton of people. And unfortunately, well, that was deep treasure. It is. With 2020 clarity. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I, was... I mean, there's a finding characteristics like if you were privileged enough, you could stay away from a lot of this darkness. But what this year kind of did is it like, your privilege is not impervious, you know? And it sh- showed a lot of people that fact there that you can be privileged, but also very aware of the actuality of the world. And, you know, not everybody sort of had that epiphany, but I would say a good chunk of folks have hit that sort of tension and it's grappling with that stress for the first time. Whereas us people of color have lived this experience for majority of our life. We're having to know a lot of the truth of the society that we live in yeah i agree and i just imagine this episode starting out like Whoa. 
like, like, I, I, guess, I don't know how to describe it other than like we like to shake the table and the table got shook, you know, and that's exactly what happened. And we started out talking and learning about design in very idealistic manners. Mm-hmm. Looking back, it was unrealistic. Yep. But then the year that happened right after that <laughs> was too real. <laughs> it was too real. So then it was like, okay, like we could actually return to some of these idealistic things. Like, because now it's like we're turning the fat. Like when you make a birth plan and then shit goes left and you just right. gotta, like get it done, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's not gonna be pretty. You're not in the home. You just gotta be scrappy with it. You just gotta, you just gotta get it through, you know? Mm-hmm. And you breastfeeding, it is not how you imagined it, but mm-hmm. never works, works. Crawl if you have to. I felt the exact same when I was listening to us talk about some of the stuff. And I was like, wow, we really had the cover ripped from over our eyes, like super fast. And then the world started caving in around us at that same time. And it was mm-hmm. just like, Design thinking ain't gonna solve, <laughs> ain't gonna solve half of these things but at the same that time, we are faced with. It is like later on down that list of hundred UX like takeaways, like they're saying and admitting that all of these like be a UX boot camp or start UX careers are farce, and really what we need is a different type of thinker, and mm-hmm. it's not one that is just this or just that. It's one that right. is able to you know, see the whole and see what mm-hmm. the collective needs are. Businesses are the about. problem spotter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, just like everything else is getting revamped, it is time to revamp what it means to be a designer. And I think we was on the cusp of doing that. It was happening slowly, mm-hmm. but just like with everything else, we have ripped, ripped the cover from that. And now we need it because the problems are apparent. the parent okay so i guess we'll just we'll just go through the the same thing again and and kind of like recap um or say what we think about it now or how it panned out we actually went through all 10 of them which is like interesting but we went down rabbit holes so this time (laughs) we talked about disney and i was like where did this conversation come up from we're new and improved. We now have the pickles feature. <laughs> <laughs> and we also now somewhat know what we're talking about. Oh, but just like I feel like, oh, go, go ahead. I, oh, I feel like we dropped a few gems. I feel like we had a, we had a lot of uh, moments where we sounded like we knew what the fuck we were talking about, though. So, yeah, we yeah. got to give ourselves credit. Like, yeah. But I think the thing that's interesting about always listening to, you go back. It's like a lot of times, at least I find myself, I forget what I say. And then being able to like go back and listen to it, it's like, okay, I can now see my growth in my thinking. Yeah. By just like verbally. Because there were some parts of like, yeah, I still agree with this, but now I have a little bit more nuance and context to it that can describe the, you know, other half of it or like how it really manifests out here, which I don't think we had before. That's because we was new, you know? Listen, yeah, that whole, con- that whole conversation around collaboration. <laughs> We ain't know for real. We didn't know. We was just talking. <laughs> we were just giving our two cents. <laughs> See, but at the same time, the industry was fake as fuck. 
Right. We sound we sounded very aspirational. Like we were just like we were ready for this idealized world, like you were saying, SP. And we quickly realized that it does not work like that. And and I mean I feel like we all had to come to terms with it in our own in our own ways, but so is life, I guess. But these these trends from last year, they did really manifest not in the way we thought they would, but they they manifested. Right. Okay. You know what? Why the iron? Why the why the kettle is black? Let's go ahead and strike. <laughs> why the iron hot? <laughs> there we go. Is that the? Is that it? Is that the phrase? It's strike it while the iron is hot. Not- well, I guess the word for today is black kettle. <laughs> <laughs> strike while the kettle is black. Two different adages <laughs> with different. Isn't it, isn't it the pot <laughs> calling the kettle black? Calling the kettle black. <laughs> If you striking the color while it's black, you striking that bitch all night because it's always. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this started. We're just a crew of designers, besties, and creative misfits that are usually tripping about the world around us. And whether it's voting polls or stripper polls, we love geeking out. We give critique, throw shade, and talk way too much about ordinary things. Not many creative voices sound like ours, so we decided to create our own damn cookout. One where all melanated creatives are welcome, and we hope you leave well fed. I'm Danielle SP. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Treasure B. Welcome to the Just Us Podcast. So if you didn't guess, that was a dark start to everything. But uh, (laughs) today we're going to overthink ourselves from last year and sort of talk about the trends that we set forward and or that we talked about in episode four, I think, where we reflected on the new new year and new trends. So the trends that, you know, the design world set forth is things that designers should know um, and that we pop in this year. And as we all sort of know, this year went in very unexpected ways um, from what we all would imagine. So it'll be good to see if it, uh, how much of this stuff sort of held up and then how our expectations and thoughts have changed as we have become more holistic individuals. It's like starting our careers, you know, breaking into the field and stuff like that. And also living through, um, you know, this year of what we've been through. Um, how are y'all feeling? Cause this is also our season finale for this. And we have also came from a long journey. I'm taking it all in stride. <laughs> I, I, so today on my Snapchat, I got a memory of me in the lab editing an episode. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was in early December. So it must've been like for our big rollout. And I was like, wow, I have really learned a lot. Just off of the sound editing alone, I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. We've produced a lot. We've had a lot of content, 2000 minutes of content we created. You know, that means like, not only did I participate in it, but then went back and listened to it and like did stuff with it. Uh, so I'm proud of myself. I think um, I didn't really have much expectation on myself for where I would be this year. Cause I knew that I like to expect the unexpected, but I'm very pleasantly surprised with the podcast that it's something that I've been able to stick with. And um, just, I feel like I stayed true to myself in general, not just the podcast, but in general, um, with different opportunities and trying to see where I want to go. 
I've just been myself, you know, so I feel like I'm keeping it on stride, but I'm grateful for the journeys, the experiences. Same. Um, yeah, the podcast has definitely given me uh, discipline. Um, discipline. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it's really hard for me to stick with stuff sometimes and just coming mm-hmm. back each week, uh, week after week and hosting this space with y'all like it has been it's been it's been a journey um 2020 has not been easy but this is the only thing I think that has remained constant and just seeing how all of us have grown since uh first starting and even seeing how the production has grown like my manager the other day was like this is a legit podcast she was like I didn't know what to expect when you uh told me to listen to it but this is legit. Like y'all are really like producing a whole podcast. I say yes, it's oh, approval. <laughs> right. I'm, like, legit. I'm like, sis, what you thought? Like you thought we was just recording on our phones? And she was like, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, honestly, I thought I thought that's what it was. I thought it was gonna be like a rinky dink uh production. Don't you hate when people like that's the that's the perception that they have when it's like, okay, I got a podcast. Why immediately do it got to be rinky-dink or filmed off, you know, filmed off my we phone? We have trust issues. <laughs> 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 no, those wasn't like, was her exact words, but <laughs> that was the vibe I got. I was like, dang, she thought we was about to be on our phone. I hear it sounding like we underwater. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Now, you know what? I'm scared to listen to the earlier episodes because now Sis. that I have a different ear, I'm just like, ooh. Listening to episode four to get in, in, in preparation for this one, there was a moment I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Like, you could, like, you could tell Treasure was on the other end of the table. On Audio the quality. Side of the mic, because she was literally, like, whispering on the, on the track. But Aud- I was shouting. <laughs> Audio quality was terrible. We had one <laughs> microphone, y'all. Like... We came so far. We all have microphones now. <laughs> we'll be, we was in the two degree tundra. It was cold. The computer ain't had no internet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we was working hard putting out content for y'all. Great. You know, grateful for all the trauma that we went through to get to where we are now. It's almost like it just came together you know and Jeremy I will commend you on this because you you are a very like motivating person you have a lot of you you harness a lot of energy so like what Treasure said is like staying consistent with stuff like I'm I feel like it's one of those things that it was up to me like okay let's let it slide let's let it slide but you have you have been able to keep momentum and it just seemed like all of the content just kind of flew out you know like it doesn't even seem like that much time or that much work and effort but we really mm-hmm. have put a lot into it Mm-hmm. We have like twice a week, sometimes for multiple long hours. You know, yeah. like I, I think when we always sitting around at Saison sort of talking about like this idea, we were just like, you know, it's a way to get that grade, you know, a way to not have to write a blog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something something we were like inspired, but also like none of us wanted to write that fucking blog post that we had to. So we did this alternative. I don't think any of us sort of thought that it'll be something that we would consistently like stick with uh, over time. Like even if we did, it might have been the same. I know I didn't think of it as a serious thought. Like this is a nice start after school, yada yada. But now I'm like, this is my spot. I look forward to coming every Tuesday. Like what am I about to bring? Mm-hmm. Like what's about to go down? You know? 
Yeah, and I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Like, I be having my days like, dang, I gotta record this podcast today <laughs> because I didn't. I know I had a long ass day at work, and now I gotta get on this podcast. And then after I get up, done with this, I gotta go back to work. But it's always, um, it's always fruitful, and I always feel accomplished after leaving this space. We also hit a, our stride. You know, mm-hmm. I would say like maybe halfway through, maybe maybe it was like around episode like twenty five ish. We really were able to make good decisions about what we wanted to do we Mm -hmm. wasn't just spaghetti at the wall at that point you know it was something like we were closer to each other and also on the same page where we wanted to go and Mm -hmm. putting work in even stuff that we didn't actually end up pursuing there's many opportunities there's many things that we on the side just producing the show itself tried to pursue and all those things I mean okay they didn't pan out but they were still worthy investments of our time Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I learned this year, you know, just working through this, which is like how important it is to be honest with the people that you work with and really straight up and being like, I may not know this or I don't know what's going on or I'm feeling this type of way, but just how it can never hurt you when you're around people that, you know, love and actually care for you. Uh, because it's, it just, I feel like that just makes our bond so much stronger whenever we can come to each other and feel like we can just say, anything and not have that sort of like oh fuck this person's gonna hate me or like sweat me out yada 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 but no yeah I can really come here and you know be myself but also admit when I may not know I think that was something that was new for me at least because I think a lot of times you have to see yourself as a bit of an expert and like I always have an answer or I can't never come without an opinion or this is in the third but I don't be feeling that here. I'd be like, you know what? We're going to fumble along and figure this out (laughs) as we each go through it. Yeah, for sure. That carries us through, I think, to what happened in 2020 in the rest of the world. Because we had to drop the pretense at a certain point. You know, we Mm -hmm. had to be like, okay, this doesn't work for me. This does work for me. Or this is where I'm coming from. And we had to agree or make a decision. And it, it was uncomfortable, but it was a good thing that, we were able to do it and we, and it allowed us to be able to work better together. Right. <sighs> Let's pour one out for this year and for this show. Okay. Are y'all ready to get into these trends to recap on how they planned out into the world? Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's, let's go ahead and start. So the first trend for this year was of course, designing for the post-truth era. And as a recap, what this means is designing in a world where misinformation is rampant. So how do y'all think this trend panned out in this year? I saw Treasure was already holding the hand up <laughs> to, to how this plays out into design, but what you think, girl? I, I thought back to when we were just talking, and I was like, COVID really just pulled the wool from in front of our eyes. Like, it really exposed a lot of things. Um, and honestly, I think that the rise of like deep fake videos and uh, like misinformation and, you know, hidden agendas and stuff were being completely exposed throughout the entire 2020. And so going mm-hmm. through like, going through a pandemic plus a, a presidential election, it was like, it was a lot. And then I think that post-truth era thing was also about- <laughs> Damn, so much <laughs> happened this year. I blocked it out. <laughs> I, I think that, <laughs> man, it, it, yeah, it, was, it was too much going on. Like, and I think that this is something that is more relevant than it was even at the beginning of this right. year. 
because we still we still in it like we still don't know what the truth is like we we uncovering the truth but we still don't know what it is donald trump's still out here doing what donald trump be doing <laughs> it's like but that's that's been yeah. a wonderful catalyst for the design choices that have happened so for instance we talked about the responsibility of social media oh wait that was an unreleased episode the responsibility of platforms to try to manage these so. things Mm-hmm. But now, yeah. because of what was mm-hmm. going on, because of the, the real health and political consequences of misinformation, we have platforms flagging their content or like saying this be yeah. for once, like for fucking yeah. once. That's what we all wanted, yeah. but they had to. They had mm-hmm. no excuse but to go ahead and try to resolve that. They were really taking like a hands-off approach for the longest time. We're just saying, like, you know what? It's a free for all. We don't police what's going down, but then like we'll police certain things. So we talk about sex work and all the other stuff. But they just like they didn't want to get their hands touched on this misinformation until I don't think it was till you know the election actually went on where Twitter was like, we gonna flag all of this nigga shit, you know, yeah. and not say anything because it's like there was so much lies being told this year that it's like, when do you as a brand as a company decide it's your time to step in? Right. And then um, Instagram started blocking those hashtags during the election. Is the election mm-hmm. over? Have we, like, I have, I've stopped following it. <laughs> like, it's do over. We, it's do we o- have a president well, yet? I think, I don't know if the Electoral College has casted their ballots yet, but it's over. Okay, because I was, I think God, that's this month's time. Yeah. Longest damn election I've ever seen in my life. But, um, but I mean, even with that, it's just like, Something that struck me with the election was just like designing for the post-truth era is that there is no one there's no one foundation that claims the election, you know, that announced that the election is over. It's up to these news reporting sites. And those news reporting sites are, you know, they have different stakeholders, they have different responsibilities, and they're all not reacting with the public's best interest in mind. And so it was like, well, what is the truth then? And then how are we designing to right to ensure that we're always getting the truth out there. Um, but I think the other part is that like, how can we empower people to spot those, that misinformation as well? The burden is now on designers to improve, not just to communicate the design or information, but there's a general need for literacy as well. Because, and think about the way that mm-hmm. all this information spreads and people will go and put it forward. You have to now design for a lack of, like understanding of data or lack of understanding of mm-hmm. like concepts. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, and then we would talk about uh, post-truth era and it gets into the whole deep fake thing. It kind of reminded me of uh, Kevin Hart. I don't know if y'all have seen it, but Charlemagne brought up brought to Kevin Hart's attention that this this dude out there that looks just like him, and Kevin Hart was like, "Yeah, no, it's not like it's not fake. It's not like CGI or anything. This dude really looks like me." And I watched the video. It was fucking deep fake. And I was like, you couldn't tell. So like when you talk about mm-hmm. like information, like education and just like uh, literacy of like technologies that exist and, and things, mm-hmm. I think it is important that people mm-hmm. understand what is out here because this man could have been like, uh, he needs the body. He could, or he could have been like doing some fraudulent shit. Right. And people thinking it's really Kevin Hart. And yeah. Right. And see, and that's the whole thing where, where it's like, at one point, I feel like we sort of leaned on the thing that the responsibility lies to these companies to sort of stake their claim and uh, decide, you know, read misinformation from that platform. 
And yeah, I still think that's true. But I think the other part is they have to also educate people how to spot it on their own and then give them the tools to know what to do with this information that is fake out there. There is nothing wrong with coming into information that is, you know, false or whatever, and then saying, that's false, but this is a fun time. So I'm going to like play into it. But where mm-hmm. it becomes crazy is like where treasures are like, well, you can't tell. And you have these sort of lapses in judgment, which is no fault to your own, but it's like the system itself is not helping you make the best choice here. More information is not mm-hmm. always the answer. I feel like this film was hella relevant. And mm-hmm. that's the stake on that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. The next one is the rise of micro communities. Oh, oh. Go ahead and tell the people what it is. <laughs> Get so, the, so the rise of micro communities are essentially just smaller pockets of people gathering together about um, smaller pockets of people gathering together around like-minded issues. So instead of having to go to these such large gatherings or things like that, you can find small subsets of people that have shared interests that you do and whatnot. Oh yeah, this definitely became apparent in 2020. Um, I'm trying to figure out, like, pinpoint some examples of it, but uh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse mm-hmm. was like, you can find your tribe on there and really uh, be able to have intimate, like, uh, safe spaces that are actually safe spaces and not just fuck-ass safe spaces that, right. that people, you know, claim claim are safe but really aren't. Um, I think that micro-communities definitely... Um, definitely exists and it's more it's more than just like niche communities it's definitely like those intimate spaces that you can kind of build your own um vibe around and really have like right. people who gonna rally behind you um i feel like we are a uh, good example of that because the space of black designers is smaller and then like those who are producing content mm-hmm. about it or online is smaller so we start to like mix in with others and get exposure in certain ways that have been surprising at times, but then it's also like, you know what, wait, there's not many of us out here, so it makes sense. Um, right, right. You know, I think micro communities were super important this year because as we, I think about it as, as you see all them conferences that popped up, like all those smaller ones, this sort of became like, have these people, I was like, who are these folk? And, you know, how are they speaking on these issues and stuff like that? Because for the longest time, I felt that design knowledge resides with like a select few of people, mm-hmm. because that's the way it was always presented to us. But the micro communities really have, you know, shown us that this power can be disseminated and that anybody can have the power to speak on design. And like, as Pete was saying, you know, this show is a testament to that. Mm-hmm. How we're saying that like, we have the you know authority to talk about design and to make decisions and to have a voice here and it's not just the select few of people and it takes like the village to empower you to have that sort of platform Ooh, i found another example remember the eye mouth eye thing that literally mm-hmm. started as a joke amongst people or whatever they were doing mm-hmm. and they carried it into this whole big thing and it was just a pop it was just a pop of of notoriety but there was an impact and yeah, right. in, it, in it showed us it, we t- we all learned a lot mm-hmm. just from it mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. How do y'all think this is going to continue to grow and expand? Treasure mentioned things like you know Clubhouse, where uh, Tyrell was listening to me 
um, on some of the, you know, in some of the rooms. And he was like, what are these people's credentials? Just out here giving you, a, you know, giving you advice. I'm just like, well, street cred, you know, like. And that's, that's it. That's all you need. Right. Thank you. Like, what, why do I need anything more, you know, than I've lived through this. Here's my two cents. You don't have to take. Here's the thing. You don't have to take everybody's two cents. Right. right. Everybody's opinion. Like anybody can speak their fact. It might be true or false, but you know, you can't tell them that they haven't experienced this and they don't have a right to their opinion, you know? Right. Yeah. I think Clubhouse does a great job at uh letting the little people have platforms and really being able to grow their community as well. Um, whereas in I'm mean, outside of Clubhouse and in the I guess the real industry it's really reserved for a few people. Like those top spots and those speaking engagements are really reserved for a few people. And it's really hard to make your way uh, and make your own wave outside of you know those micro communities. And if you start as a micro community, you influence those people, they bring in people and you, know, you continue to build your network and your fan base that way. Um, and I think that's definitely gonna be important moving forward. Uh, the very public platforms also compromise your authenticity. Because yep. when you post mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, it's like, I know everyone's going to see this. Should I mm -hmm. and want to curate for mm -hmm. an image? So mm -hmm. it takes away that like right. authenticity where you're making great connections and you all are like building a brand up around true right. values. You, you know what? That's that is 100% true and that resonates with me. I think something that I wish happens with these micro communities and like, you know, smaller groups of people, um, families, if you call them, as, as we move forward, I hope people feel empowered to be their authentic selves. Mm -hmm. And what that means is like, do, do not feel like I have to show up a certain way. I have to act like this. I have to move one way because we all can move different and still make harmony together. You know, we can still make pretty music. Like if you think of an orchestra, there's a bunch of different I think it's SP that likes to say this all the time, where it's just like, well, you all have to find a role to play. And that role has to be like unique to yourself because that's the only way that everything is about to start going smoothly out here. So I just hope that as we continue to, you know, diverge and get more granular and granular with our groups, that we continue to remember that you can be yourself and you ain't got to be no one else but yourself. And that's all that matters. And if then people don't fuck with you, then uh -huh. they can be there. Hey, <laughs> that, ain't the that ain't the community for you, you know? And that, that's how I feel now, at least for me, when I'm just like, ooh, my soul is not feeling right here. I don't need to make this click for me. I can just go find, you know, 50 other places where I might be able to belong. Agreed. That's been a huge advantage of 2020 when everyone decided to take their masks off, metaphorically. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right put your fucking mask no, on no, no. keep them on everyone wear your <laughs> right don't don't endorse no mask because of the stress it's like okay well what do you really want what do you value like if we don't have time mm -hmm. to sit here trying to impress each other like if you're not well take your time off get your mind together because this is real out here next up design as a team sport which essentially means that design isn't beholden to one person that is super talented, but it takes a team of folk to pull off great stuff. Um, I, I don't really understand how uh, the team of one situation even became a thing. Uh, you, you know what I think it is? This is my hot take. 
you know how in advertising they always applaud like this egotistical just like figurehead and it's like this is this powerhouse creative that made all these great ads but they forget to show these are the team of people behind him this this yeah. is the person at the front desk that greeted him every day that made him and see i'm saying him because it is always a man up there but you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's those type of things I think have ingrained to us that like in order to be great, in order to be a great designer, I have to prove that I can do this all by myself. And that's not, I don't think that shit work. No, I don't think it does either. But um, I think there's going to be that, that I'm a little, I'm a little um, iffy on this one because while they say that, you know, the rock star designer or that team of one person is going mm-hmm. away, I don't think that it is. I think that a lot of agencies and a lot of companies are still uh, still try to find like a person to rally behind to say, this is mm-hmm. the ACD and this is his team. Yeah, his team created it, but we're going to get him credit for it. Like he's right. the mastermind behind it because he's the one that uh, pressed go um, on this idea. Um, even though he's not the one that com- that came up with it, mm-hmm. so I, I'm a little iffy because I don't see I don't see how it went away. But I do think that design as a team sport needs to be given more um, attention. I think that I mean just working on a team and, and seeing how hard my team works together um, to create, you know, mm-hmm. and for somebody to give our work away or pass our work off as their own is just. It's a little frustrating, but I don't, I, I don't know. I don't you know, know. I, I think it comes with just like giving people their flowers and giving people the credit where it's due. And that's something that like is a trend that we say that, you know, designs a team sport, we all need to come together. But when you're sort of not giving people their credit, then you're not being a team. You're kind of, you know, being more individual there. And so maybe it is that we all need to do a better job just about like giving people credit and applauding people for doing well and sort of helping to break down those that that idea that I have to do this alone and I have to be a, like a rock star on my team to be great when I really just need to play my role. Yeah, I agree with that. Um I really enjoy like where I work and how we work um and how everybody does like we rally around each other and we rally around the work that we do versus rallying around like one person. Um, that's, that's something I've seen. I've only been there a couple months, but, um, that's how I've seen it. And we just had like a, a, a annual award show just to applaud, applaud the teams and the people who've uh, done the work. And they mm-hmm. literally, if there was a hundred people on that team, they're putting a hundred people on that slide. And I really appreciate that's what I'm that. Saying. See, and that's how you do this shit. For me personally, the word team has taken on a lot more meaning and value mm-hmm. from last year to now. And that's partly due to you all, as well as the program we went through. But even like the challenges that I put on myself made me see that like it, the, the idea of a team is not just mm-hmm. a physical state of being, you know, it's also an idea and it's also right. an ideal to strive for. And there is a lot of uncomfortable growth that has to happen to get there. And that's why when you, when you have a great creative synergy, it's like lighting in a bottle because it's a system. It's a bottle. Yes. And it starts with (laughs) what we kind of just mentioned in the last one Mm -hmm. with 
being authentic, like the micro influencers, like when everyone is fully developed and whole and able to show up as what they can contribute and isn't threatened by right. or or seeking um, recommend, recommendations or acknowledgement, those are those situations when everyone really is able to like do what team is, you know, especially when it's creative team, like where you really need the environment right. to support right. work and like, mm-hmm. like synergy together. It's not just something right. that is nice to have, it's essential. You know what, when, when people say like design a team sport, you know, I feel sometimes that we all sort of forget that the team in this world has to be designed too. So like, how are you going to cultivate some of these habits? How are you going to make sure that everyone's seeing? Like questions like that, which are 100% important to making sure that this team is functioning at its best, right? Because if one person isn't doing well, then we're all not doing well. At least that's the way that I see it. But I, I agree with Charger too. I think that it's something that we all want to change and strive for this idea like we're a team and we're a cohort, but we still sort of popularize the idea of this one person mastermind, I like, you know, like a Steve Jobs or like this sort of thing um, in, in a lot of spaces. I don't know why we do that. I, I don't either. I Yeah, that one is really uh, mind boggling to me. It's because everyone wanted to fake the funk. <laughs> that's what it is people people <laughs> may find security in fame mm-hmm. popularity acknowledgement from others and that's what we were being incentivized with even just the way that, that people do things online like mm-hmm. everything is so high profile mm-hmm. that you want to be seen everyone wants to know that they are seen right. matter Right. We are incentivized a lot just by being the best. And that's how you get your sort of credit, you know, is by being the best. But you don't really get credit as being a good team. Name one time you get somewhere it's like, you know what? The team played well. And so we're going to give the team, you know, its trophy, for example. Any time that... Jamaican bobsledding. Okay, name a team of Jamaican bobsledders that... It's getting their flowers. You know the one they made that movie. You remember that movie? Oh, Runnings from the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> from the nineties. SP. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. I was gonna say, like, when you think about the Lakers, like you always hear LeBron, and even though LeBron is a function of a team, people still sort of say they're like, you know, it's that's because different. of LeBron. You that's think it's different. different? Yeah, I think that's different because. Uh, I, I watched LeBron play for years. I watched LeBron leave up Cleveland and come back. And I watched LeBron carry a team. Carry. Like, yes, it was a whole team. But when you watch him play, he really, he really is carrying that damn team on his back. I don't know about the Lakers. I have not watched him play with the Lakers at all. But when I watched him in Cleveland, um, there were there were moments where I just watched him like get out there and do what the fuck LeBron had to do because nobody else was doing it. If they took Brown off the court, we was gonna lose. We was so, gonna lose. Okay, so now I'm gonna say this. In the in the situation where you do have someone on the, the team that is a rock star, where does that put the rest of y'all? Because time and time again, this person is going to supersede you, you know, and continue to be continue to put out work at a pace that is lightning 
light years above you, where does that put your ass at? You know what? I think sometimes you do have to support the rock star, but you have to be able to recognize that they're a rock star. Um, mm. with, with Brian, I think that he created synergy. And I think that the rock star has, has a role of creating synergy with the, with okay. his team. So okay. while they, when, when they were playing without Brian, they didn't have any cohesion, but when Brian got on the court, it was like, okay, everything feels right now because, mm-hmm. because he's here. Like now mm-hmm. I know what to do. I know how to okay. navigate he's creating this team environment. Mm-hmm. Whereas without him, there was no mm-hmm. team environment. So I think it is the rock star's duty to still mm-hmm. play into the team and still like bring up and uplift the team. Right. Um, but there are, you know, of course there's people who, who outshine like Jeremy, we're not mm-hmm. going to sit up here and, <laughs> and pretend like literally, I think that you're a rock star. I, I, I think that there have been, I've worked with you on projects where literally maybe I didn't feel comfortable working with the other people on the team and you came in, it was like, all right, now I feel cool. I can, I can do this because Jeremy's here, you know, mm-hmm. like it's okay. just the environment that you create when you enter a space that makes you a rock star. So first of all, thank you girl for that. For those <laughs> kind, for those kind words. But I, I do think it's important. I'm going to go to the quote that SP said in episode four, which we're mentioning, but she said on a system level, we all have to do more to cooperate. And so I think in that same sort of vein that if we're all on these teams and we're all sort of playing our role, it's important to be self-aware and recognize like what your role and your power is and how you can utilize that to ignite your team. So in mm-hmm. the example that we just used now, like, yes, I may be seen as like a rock star, things like that. But for me, it's about knowing that I can, this synergy can rub off on other people and they can then become their best version of themselves um, because they may say for instance, in Trevor's case, feel more relaxed to really dive into their design work and design processes. So I'm gonna let SP say her little say her little thing about, you know, roles and systems and things. <laughs> everyone, everyone has to do what they are made to do. <laughs> so if you have the skills and qualities to lead people, then you need to lead people because that is a gift that you've been given and you're supposed to share mm-hmm. it. You gotta go back to your toolkit. And yes, I agree with you, Treasure. The burden is on the rock star to acknowledge that they are the rock star and also um, take advantage of what that gives them, the situation. It gives them the ability to empower others too and like mm-hmm. um, perform at a higher level, but not just for themselves, with everybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that too, um, everybody is a rock star in their, when they hone what they're good at. Like you say, you got to know what you are good at. You have to be Mm self-aware. And I think, yeah, I think that just goes for everyone. I think everybody has their sweet spot or the thing that makes them a cash cow. And sometimes the rock star is the rock star on that project. Maybe they Mm -hmm. have more experience, but the next, but the next project, it might be somebody else just because of, you know, diverse backgrounds right as they would say (laughs) this one's kind of silly but um i'm i'm very talkative and social but i'm not always like that it's just that sometimes i'm aware that there are people in situation who are introverted and awkward and uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. because i can i do because i know like breaking the ice or making people feel more comfortable like greatly alleviates some of their stress. And if that's not a gift that they have, like if the gift of gas, if they, if they want to melt and like disappear into mm-hmm. right now, like mm-hmm. I don't want you to be feeling that way. Cause it's not right. like, 
I can handle it if right. I feel that way, but you may not be able to. I don't want you falling apart. So like, let me, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really big responsibility. And we're going to skip around because I think it lends itself to one of the other trends, which is embracing your superpowers, um, which is that designers now come in all shapes, forms, and sizes. And it's now that it's, it's about time that we sort of start shutting the layer that we have to be good at everything and more focused on what we're actually really good at and sort of hone into there. But I think the point I wanna make here with that is as we continue to strive to like embrace other people, something I've noticed has been coming to like attention with you know teams and just like the bringing people in for diversity reasons is that their places are still not inclusive. Mm-hmm. So inclusive and also equitable. So for all those times that we're bringing in these people with different superpowers, like we have to also note that these people might also have different backgrounds, different rules and requirements for how they function, you know? Uh, but if we're not cultivating a space where those people can be seen, heard, and actually feel like they are valued, their superpower is gonna be dwindled. And then that's gonna go back to like, we're not really designing as a team now because we're not having that sort of um, empowering space as our, as our sort of forefront. And so I think now, you know, this year was the year that every company, agency, and their mama was out here sort of, these are our diversity reports. So, you know, these were putting out yeah, numbers and metrics. Yeah. Scram- you, you know, scrambling. Right, right. Scrambling. But, what they did, but what they didn't talk about is how they're going to make sure that this piece happens, that mm. we feel seen, heard, recognized, you know, awarded, all, all that type of stuff within a culture. Um, and I don't know if that's happening at the same rate they're trying to just like gobble us fucking up because they feel like they have they have a diversity problem. And, mm-hmm. and just by, you know, bringing people into the mix, it's going to solve it because it's not, it's not. Yeah, I think that this also plays well, this, this conversation also plays well into number eight as well, which is uh, invisible design systems. And mm, that is- hitting them, hitting them fucking all, <laughs> it went one. <laughs> that's that notion that um basically there's no need to have a you know a pattern library or or a physical or digital design system if your core design system which is the way that your organization functions and and is uh is put together if that doesn't work then there's no need to have a digital design system and um a couple points i wanted to make here just to piggyback off of what you were saying jeremy is that 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 rise of uh, DE and I DE yeah that's it DE and I um uh, those open letters that were going out Black Lives Matters movement civil tensions and all uh, you know societal issues mm-hmm. kind of played a role like if you're not if you're not changing your core design system within your company your company's culture um, to fit these people and create space for these people and create inclusivity um, and make these people that you're scrambling to find feel comfortable in in, in your space um, then really what what are you doing like I think. I think it's important that we create that space and we create, you know, um, create a home for them because mm-hmm. everybody has an opportunity. You're, you're at work more than you are at home. Um, and I think everybody has an opportunity and they find their micro communities at work. And if there's the, you, you've recruited, you know, one or two black people or you cre- recruited one or two people of color who don't have a home or who don't have a micro community that they can come congeal with, mm-hmm. they don't, then, then um, I don't think that, I don't think it, 
they're going to last at your company a long time. And no. I think that's, that's a company issue that you need to, mm-hmm. to resolve. They're not going to tell their friends to come to this company because there's not anything not of value for them. Mm-mm. Or they going to try to get all their friends to come because it's like, I, I need my people. Yeah, right. that's true. Um, all of that is something I learned a lot about over the last year as well, because it's very strategic to, to employ diversity tactics, like, randomly is a waste of your time Mm -hmm. and money it really requires like systems thinking of the entire process you know like from what you're interviewing like like onto what happens when they're on you know Mm -hmm. there's so many Mm -hmm. elements that go on in a company but if diversity Mm -hmm. is not part of the equation then there's no point Mm -hmm. like it's not going to ever equal diversity Mm because it was never part of the equation right Mm -hmm. And and i think something that folks try to try away from is that to do this right requires an immense amount of effort because you don't want to leave any stone sort of uncovered. Like sometimes I think about diversity and people say like, okay, that's just like our skin color and stuff like that. Yes, that's a very big, com- that's a very big com- component. Like, I hate diversity fucking thought. But, you know, that's a, diversity of thought comes with hiring people that are diverse because mm-hmm. you're going to likely get people from different backgrounds. But in order to get that, you have to break down a lot of barriers. Like I think it was Google or some other companies that say, you know what, we're going to get rid of our requirement to have a degree. And that's like, a barrier that warrants so many more people that can now start getting into this space because it's one less requirement that they need. Uh, but it's, 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 it's like, there are levels to it. And it's not just- There are levels to that. But you also, that, that type of thing is great. But consider that someone could be talented, but is their book going to compete with what you guys are looking at when you are looking at people mm-hmm. who are college educated and probably not right so what did you set right. up like you, to give them right what you just do right. right like like you have to change your entire perspective mm-hmm. because once you allow once you open up a gate like that it's not going to dilute the water it, it just changes the variables that are at play and so you can no longer look at your applicant pool with that same lens that you was looking at it before because there are different there's different scenes in the mix. I don't know how else, I don't know how else to say it, but this yeah. is like, it's like, you can't judge it with your old eyes. And right. old, is mean, old is meaning like your past tense eyes. Exactly. I think that, um, I think that y'all hit the nail on the head, honestly. Um, Cause I think a lot of companies have said that they're going to put structures in place to invite, you know, more diverse talent into their applicant pools, but have not done the work. Um, Mm-hmm. to really to to look at them and look at those applicants and what they have to offer mm-hmm. and in their entirety and it or in a new light look at, looking deeply at their company and figuring out why it it works this way in the first place you know why are we having this problem anyway and a lot of it's probably organizational stuff when companies are out here and they're sort of at the forefront like educating their their employees about like these efforts and things like that. Do is it the company's responsibility to educate their employees on that level, or do we give that to somebody else? Do you know what I'm saying? Like for instance, is it your job's responsibility to put you on game to like gender issues or diversity, you know, issues or things like that, or does that responsibility lie elsewhere? I think it is the company's responsibility to have a uh, understanding of that and whether it be um, them holding a training or them holding 
just holding space for people to discuss it, I think I think it does become a company issue. I think maybe more so the employees that work for the company, it becomes an issue for them. Because of course, uh, when we're talking about like top down, people at the top really don't give a fuck. Um, Unless so they I think, say that they want to hire people who are going to be thinking like this. You know, if they make mm-hmm. it their goal, then that means the people who work there are building that up. But it is still ultimately goes back to the company and what they're prioritizing when they do their work or hire their people and operate. Yeah, I mean, we 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 like to say that, but when you think about C-suite and what they went and what they do. I think for a lot of companies, the groundwork starts with the billable employees uh, making a voice for the things that really matter and then pushing that up and then it coming back down. I don't think I don't think it's really a top down thing. I think it's more of an elevator. It goes up and then down and then back up and then down for Mm -hmm. people to get approval on the things that they want to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, that at least that's how I've seen it at most of the companies I've worked at. It's it's always started with the people who are doing the work, anyways. Uh, saying like this is what needs to happen, and this is what we'd like to see, and that's what when we talk about those open letters. So Facebook uh, put out an open letter. Well, the employees of Facebook put out the open letter about racism. Um, mm-hmm. A couple other companies have put out open letters about change that they need to see. Lord, all companies the, done put out one. I felt like it was yeah. like it was like their fucking brief of the year where they were just like, "Hey, we need to put out an open letter. Write it. A copy but, paste." Hey, maybe that's the thing. cynic in me. No, no. <laughs> listen, it's no. not the cynic in me. Nobody needs to hear your manifesto. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> No, I think I think some of these things work though. I think that it gets corporate or the C-suite level. Um, and I don't even know if they consider employees at this point. The C-suite level people to really open their eyes and see what the company is, what the people who work there. So these open letters are employees in the company, the billable employees taking their time out to write a letter and having the entire staff sign this letter oh, pushing okay. it up to the, okay. I know she was talking You're about talking. all the people who was trying to talk about how diversity is important to them that was bullshit all the companies that were saying that we need to do better here's our numbers and all the numbers suck and then they didn't have a goal and how like I understand you don't have you don't make you may not have the tactics yet but it comes to a point where if you're number 37 out of like a thousand, it's not gonna fucking matter because all these things are gonna start looking the same. And what it starts saying to me is that y'all are not working. Y'all are just right. doing a lot, doing a lot of this, like the little girl was saying. How every time I come around, you doing all of this. Oh, all of when this. I come around, you don't wanna post mm-hmm. up. That's that's how I feel. Like all these companies doing all of this talking, but don't want to post up with like open up your fucking purse. And <laughs> I'm about to throw these things. <laughs> No, but seriously, like, open up their fucking purse and really put, you know, put your money where your mouth is at times. I think uh, employees are are not really for it anymore. Uh, Well, I ain't going to say they ain't really for it. They they put out what they wanted to put out. So those company-wide open letters, uh, Facebook put out one. I think that was the very first one I saw that made it to Medium. Um, If y'all want to go and read it, y'all can. But it was about how Black people are being mistreated at Facebook. 
or whatever. And the company did respond, but a lot of companies have like a, a lot of people have been doing that within their company mm-hmm. and like pushing it up to the C-suite and, you know, trying to, trying to uh, mm-hmm. force organizational change, but I haven't seen a lot of it. I know for a fact, uh, ain't shit changed that Facebook. Like I've seen a lot of it, but I've also haven't felt like anything has gift at any point. And that could be because it's too soon. I don't know, but I just feel like at this point, it's just a lot of talk. Yeah, I agree. So uh, this this trend this trend for the year was rendering intention intentionality. And what this meant is being selective about what you put in the product because over time you can get this thing called experience right is where your thing becomes so convoluted and complex that users cannot navigate this. It's super important because it's like, as companies continue to scale, um, it's important they, you know, stay true to, you know, what their users expect. I think the prime example of this trend of someone who might need to render a little more intentional. <laughs> you gonna say Instagram. Is, yep, Instagram. <laughs> I was gonna say LinkedIn. If LinkedIn Child, I don't even get on there no more. I was, it was a time I was on there every day. Now I can't even look at it. Y'all got stories. Y'all got mm-hmm. niggas can write soliloquies in there. I'm just yeah, no. Uh, but Instagram was 2021 list. That was one of them. They were like LinkedIn. Come on, we don't need any more functions. <laughs> we we don't like literally. We just need to be able to talk, like post a job, mm-hmm. talk about the job, comment on people's stuff. These stories, yeah. like what am I? I'm not about to blog my day at work. Like I get that. I get that people do that, right? And like make a killing off of it. Shout out to Lenora Porter, you know, things like that. But my God, I don't need LinkedIn for stories. This just came full circle. Cause that was our first shout out and it was on episode four. And she it was Lenora Porter and you just shouted her out again. Well, uh, we just came full circle. That's cool. She also got, got voted one of the best, I think, UX talks of the year. So I know that's oh, racist. Yeah. We should send her yeah, a little sis, email. Sis, we should this in her motherfucking bag okay but i think you know treasure's right linkedin instagram are becoming convoluted and it's becoming way more than we bargained for like i'm shopping in instagram i gotta po- to post my story is you know real hard these days like i'm really trying to figure out what this platform is becoming now and if that's e-commerce i need to be told ahead of time because I need to go ahead and, you know, leave while I still can. Somebody, a couple of people said theirs went back to normal. Um, so it's no longer a flea market. It's just Instagram again. I think it's important for us as designers, you know, to be in the position to sort of look back and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are we adding this? What's important here? Like what's true to our experience? And though a lot of times I think we're individual contributors at that point, and we may not feel like we have a lot of say, in the overall like goals and stuff of the company, uh, I still think that designers at our core are business people, right? And we should be able to manage all of these things and still come up with the best experience for our people. And even if that means like fucking questioning it to the you turn you know blue in the fucking face, it can't do no harm. You ain't lying. You ain't not lying. People got to pull back. We got to get some prioritization going. Um, there is a framework called the Moscow method. Please utilize it. Utilize it when you are um, prioritizing features for your apps and for your products because it is it's beneficial. 
for sure. Some, something that I do that I found helpful is like before I do anything, I will ask why fucking 10 times. And I will write down each of the people's responses to like my, my, my whys or my questions because I'm just like, this not only exercise for me in getting you know better at really targeting what the problem is and really spotting that, but also a lesson, I think for other people to sort of do this exercise and realize, okay, I have to be able to understand the complexities of this issue and it's not just simple less. Well, we can just throw this in here because it makes sense, you know? Um, so I think that's like, so that's something that I do that because of this trend, I'm definitely gonna take it forward into well the rest of my life because it's kind of just the person that I am when it comes down to it. All right. The next one on the list is the death of design files. Um, I am gonna say about this, everything's moving toward the cloud and that's been the trend. You know, we have tools like Figma, we have all these tools that are supposed to help us get rid of design files by adding in collaboration, uh, which I think it does in theory, you know? I think Treasure talked about this before, but she was just like, I hate being in Figma with everybody because it's like all the mouses are in one thing, like all this other stuff. Um, so I think the death of design files in theory works and it's supposed to help us collaborate better, but I don't think it works that way because collaboration has to be ingrained in a culture, right? It has to be a part of it, you know, back to a part of that team, back to a part of that, you know, superpower thing. It has to be designed in your system of which whatever company role, yada, yada, you're in, or else it's just, it just becomes a buzzword, right? Anybody can say, we collaborate here, but do you really? Like, what does that look like? I think everybody can try to say it now because with COVID and everybody working from home, I think it gave people the divine opportunity to implement more collaboration and uh, really hone that that uh, process within their teams. Um, you know, I think COVID gave people an excuse to rethink their processes at work and really sort mm -hmm. of become effective for this. I don't know if everybody did. I think most folks tried to figure out like, how can we best get back up to speed to, with zero to no change in like our business processes? Cause I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I feel like y'all are we're doing the same shit that we were doing in the office, and that doesn't translate yeah. to still having this Zoom, Zoom screen right here. Yeah, right, right. It's it's like we haven't really revisited, we haven't really put collaboration in our culture and rethought about how it's going to work in this digital environment to its fullest potential. You know, yeah. That's just my two cents. I'm fortunate enough to work for a company that was a collaborative before and mm -hmm. it's like super innovative and it's like super nimble. And I think that was something I also said, you know, a year ago was like, it's important to be nimble and important to adapt to change. I was on to something. Y'all didn't know it then. I didn't know it then. <laughs> what, what was your poem? It was Girl, who knew? Who knew? Who knew? I was on to something. <laughs> but yeah, so fortunately enough, I get I get to work for a company that is a super uh, collaborative, super nimble, um, so, yeah, and super innovative. Uh, I I don't know. How does think, that make you feel as like, you know, embracing your superpower and really coming into, you know, your own version of who you are? Like, how does that, how does that affect you? I think it makes it easier. One, because I'm not bombarded with a stimuli outside of the team that I work with. Um, I only talk to those people. 
Um, uh, yeah, I only see those people in a day. And I feel like it's it's allowed me to grow and really allowed me to uh, get comfortable. The company is just such a powerhouse and, and it's very um, scary to step into a powerhouse and have like imposter syndrome. But I was just talking right. to my manager the other day. I was like, girl, the imposter has left the building. I'm ready. And what? Okay, let's okay. Let's <laughs> let's apply to that, honey. The inner saboteur have fuck have fucking left, has fleed the country. Yeah, it's I felt free. I was like, damn, I feel like a new a new motherfucker. A like new I bitch. feel good. <laughs> I got my good panties on. <laughs> Going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's like, you know. People fight for the longest time to try to get rid of their imposter, but it just goes to show that it is not. I, I mean, you know, I think you're you're just a testament to the power of when you're in a culture that actually appreciates you, values you, embraces you, like has all has some of the fixings to allow you to like shed that imposter. It makes it so much easier, you know. That a, a lot of the times, I think we put the onus on ourselves they're like okay i don't fit and that's that's a me problem but there's other things that are attributing to your imposter and it's not just you that your job can definitely inflating your imposter's ego yeah yeah at um at that school we went to <laughs> <laughs> listen I... <laughs> they really had <laughs> um, they had me thinking, bitch, you ain't shit, okay? You ain't never gonna be shit. Pack your shit ain't up and go. That's, have how... Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt when I left that damn school. But working working for where I work, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. I, you know, imposter syndrome gonna set in again. Just I work with fucking geniuses. Like, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Them motherfuckers are so smart. I just be in that bitch like, neutrons. huh? Jimmy's. But you are one of them, girl, because you know what? You are amongst the ranks, okay? I know, and that's, you know what? I don't know if I told the podcast this. I probably did, but I'm just like super into spirituality. I talked to uh, my astrologer and she was like, yeah, that job was made for you. Like, you you mm. probably didn't realize it. She was like, you you thought about not ta- accepting the, the position and stuff, but I'm really glad that you did because it was like, that job was really for you and you were supposed to be there. And I feel like I'm supposed to be there. I don't know. I don't know. Um, hey, fucking man. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. It's been an interesting thing. I'm learning a lot. I, my mind be blown every day. It's like sitting in the classroom with, with Andrew every day. And it's like, you really want, you put yourself amongst those people and you uh, eventually you're going to be like those people. You know, mm-hmm. that's what they say. You say, if you hang out with, with four, uh, five broke people, you're going to be the sixth broke person. But you hang out with five rich people you'll be the sixth uh rich person so today's episode is brought to you today by negro sayings (laughs) (laughs) okay my dad used to say show me your friends i'll show you who you are yeah yeah. your friends are like your board of directors well yeah i think fonzworth bentley said that when we went to go listen to him talk he was Mm -hmm. he was saying that like People think they don't have a board of the directors, but it's your friends, like your five closest friends, that's your board of directors, and they're secretly controlling the the way that you do so, which is fucking true. That um, is true. Listen, okay. y'all, I'd be scared to do shit because I know like 
my best friend gonna be like, if I if I do something that she ain't gonna approve of, I ain't gonna wanna tell her. So I just don't do it because it's like, how I'm gonna tell her I did this dumb shit and then mm-hmm. be looking at her. Yeah, so I just be like, mm-hmm. I be saving her and it she is. be saving me. It is. I mean, you know, t- 2020 was one thing. It made me not reevaluate friendships, but really focus in on things that bring me joy. And something I realized is that like, I do have a nice support system, like with y'all, like with people outside of there, but there are also some loose ends that, that like, <laughs> you know, could go, could go. And like, I, I was trying to figure out why am I holding on to these things, but I don't have to. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, like we're in this state of this world right now where really I'm, you know, people are struggling for happiness literally every day. And I'm in the position where at least I'm happy 95% of the time. So it's like, I, I got to trim some fat. We had to clip those loose ends. It's okay. Like it, yeah. I know sometimes it, it hurts to let go of things, but it hurt to hold on even more sometimes. And so. that is true. So the trend of the death of the design file is definitely going to keep on going. But I think that something that we all would like to see is it ingrained more in the culture of collaboration and not just the idea that, well, we use Figma, so then we, we inherently collaborate. Like, no, 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 there's structures, there's things in place to really enhance that. So the last two, rediscovering information architecture. I don't think it's much to say about this, regardless of like, it's important. (laughs) There's something to say about that because it relates to what Treasure said about like invisible design, but also not doing things that are not necessary. The information architecture, um, I saw an example with Disney Plus with the Marvel, with the Marvel movies. Mm Mm-hmm. They used to just have them in there all willy-nilly or grouped weird ways. And people really need to be given their selection in a way that makes sense to them. Right. You know what? That is the point that where as we continue to solve problems, it is not always a visual issue. Mm-hmm. It is not always, you know, a data issue. It sometimes is the way that the information is organized, right? It's the way that we're presenting it to folks that is a thousand times more powerful then we, you know, they could have reskinned that UI a thousand different ways and it still could have fucking sucked. With the, with the neomorphism. Mm-hmm. They made it look. Yeah. Right. Like, I think information architecture is something that, you know, sometimes like I even skip starting thinking about like, how is this going to be organized? And you have to like retroactively go back, but it's something that is tried and true, right? And it continues to be at the forefront of whatever we do. So this trend, this trend, I think, do y'all think it showed that it's ass this year? Information architecture? Yeah, or like rediscovering information architecture. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, 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 a subtopic that I'm not too familiar with. It's not something that's on my radar. Mm-hmm. You know what? I just, uh, this app that I use just got re I'm not even going to say it got reskinned. They reworked the entire experience and it's way worse than what it was. It was actually functional before, but now every uh-huh. link I click takes me outside of the app and onto Safari. And it's just like, why well, have an app if you're just going to take me to the website? Right. You could just take, send me to the website. And I think that uh, sometimes companies go out of their way to try to uh, redo things and end up making mm-hmm. it worse, for sure. Yeah, I think if this any of the trends, like a lot of this stuff have, has showed up. This one, 
I don't think it's showing up as strong as it was theorized. I think people are, mm-hmm. I think, you know, folks, designers like us are still sometimes skipping this step and thinking about the information that we have and how it's all coming into play and interacting. And this is, you know, like I said before, it's something that I even find myself skipping or like not even thinking about like, oh, fuck, how are we organizing these titles? Or like, what's the defining structure for how you know this information is held together is always like the back thought at times and not necessarily mm-hmm. at the forefront. So maybe it's up to us to do a better job about like really slowing down and thinking about let's give a let's give a closer eye to information and mm-hmm. what it has at play. So the last trend that we have here is designers unite, which is designers are going to have to come together to make change, regardless of if you're at X company, Z company, two company, three company, me company, you company, we company, they company, you know, we need to come together to solve sort of big problems. Um, we, saw that. we saw that in more ways than one. And I think the biggest one for me is with the Black Lives Matter movement and all the protests that was going in this summer is where not everybody in that thing was designer, but it's a, it's a, it's, it's, the biggest way that I've seen people coming together and really sort of designing for a problem in, in a myriad of different ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think it's a testimony to how I now am aspirational for like companies and things working. Yeah, I think that a lot of companies will begin to work uh, together for the greater- well, We saw, we saw greater, Apple and Google do something. Yeah, which is- together which was super unexpected, to be honest, for Mm -hmm. me at least. Like I never expected these two large conglomerates to just, uh, to pair up for the greater good of the people. Mm -hmm. No, because usually their experiences are like fucking each other in the ass. The way that they, this is like the way that they work. I feel like sometimes they intentionally like say like, let's not make this work as well with the Google thing or let's not make this work as well with the Apple thing. Yeah, that's true. But... Yeah, you know, I think it's going to take a bunch of us coming together still to solve bigger problems. I think as a adding on to all the other ones we talk about, like embracing superpower systems, like all this stuff that us coming together is really going to take a lot of this stuff coming into play as well. Like making sure that the system is designed in a way that is inclusive, equitable, and also allows you to belong in the place that you're at so people can feel like they can come together successfully to solve big issues yeah yeah it's a big picture perspective Mm -hmm. more than ever Mm -hmm. so that wraps up the trends from 2020 i know it was a lot of them but i think that from this conversation we have definitely become more aware you know i think we keep on saying that the wool's been stripped away from our eyes like all these other metaphors and things like that but it really has no we started this year out as students getting our masters to now going to people that are in the field and you know, practitioners. And you, we are really starting to see there's nuance to a lot of these things. And a lot of these things we looked at with like very rosy eyes. And now we're sort of like, mm, well, the buttermilk ain't all clean. You know, there's been a lot of metaphors that we need to stop. Yeah. People- <laughs> Yo, old country ass. <laughs> but no, I think it is, you know, if anything, the trend for this year was collaboration. And I think we have seen time and time again in different circumstances, people coming together for the greater good in strange ways that 
we may have never we may we may not have seen before um if our world kept on going the way it was going so i would say the trend for this year was about truth Mm. Um, there's a lot of things that strip down to their core and a lot of in a lot of stuff was communicated you know and then it was Mm -hmm. a matter of evaluating its validity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what i think you're right here i think truth is is the word of the year Mm. what is what is the truth where is the truth have you found the truth (laughs) where are the truth but Looking forward to 2021, what is something that you hope takes flight or that you hope becomes like a bigger thing in in any of the worlds? Oh, I have one. I've been thinking about this a lot. Okay. Um, I wish that there was a initiative from the government to like explain information in a very palatable way. Not Mm -hmm. a pamphlet, not text, like long pages of web page text all dry on a poorly designed site, but something that people could really look at and be like, oh, okay, and share it around. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to the vaccine specifically, there's all these questions and rumors and the grapevine. And I'm like, you know, it's kind of ridiculous that I Mm -hmm. find someone on TikTok to digest all this information for me and give me the rundown. And I trust that right. more than listening to the news, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot to be said for the way that information is packaged. So that's something that I think will be cool to see in 2021. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna be changing states, you know? We saw the first right. happen, we went one way, and now the idea is that we're gonna go to another direction. And I just would like that transition to, improve upon itself. I hope a trend becomes that we continue to reevaluate our systems and continue to to not see stuff as already set in stone and innovate. And I say that because I think the pandemic and social distancing and things like that have really showed us that there are other ways to do things that are a thousand times better than the ways we have doing things. Um, and I know we're still fucking up in a lot of ways when it comes to like accessibility and access and like if information and things like that but we are a thousand times in my opinion there are a lot of things that are changing that are for the better and I think one of these examples like grocery stores for the longest time when they had like a lot of different ways to figure out how to navigate through their stores and like where stuff was at and have all these new ways of like getting stuff shipped to you is like where was this at beforehand and why do we need a pandemic to sort of spark this innovation that we needed Uh, so I hope this innovative flame sort of stays with us and we continue to break down these systems that we've established to make it more you know better for all of us out there make it make the world just you know easier place i Mm. feel like some trends i think need to stay around longer i don't think that every trend needs to be as fleeting and Mm -hmm. and when i talk about sustainability i'm talking about it in terms of like in my mind right now how fast fashion is really affecting the world Mm -hmm. and um it's really like degrading our, our ecosystem. Um, but when I, when I talk about fast fashion and I talk about trends, I think that like the trends we just said, like how some of them showed up, some of them didn't, and some of them are just going to get left by the wayside. I think that, Mm -hmm. um, we either need, we need to either stop 
focusing on trends and create more longevity and more sustainability within design and within like different industries. Uh, I don't really know how to how to put the thought all together, but I, I think that's, like, that's it. <laughs> I feel like you're saying sort of things like sort of these things need to move from becoming trendy to becoming the norm. And yeah. they sort of need to have a common place in how we view design and how we view like the craft and work that we do. Like designing as a team sport shouldn't be a trend. It should just be how we do it. Yeah. And the fact, the fact that it is a trend is more of a testament to the faults in our system and the faults of the way that we've been doing things. And I think that's like a lot of these shits were just like should have already been in place, should have already been the like designing for the post-truth era. We should have always been designing for truth, right? But instead we like allowed these platforms, you know, instead we've allowed things and we've created holes for ourselves for now these things have become trendy. But I, we, I think what you're saying is you just hope that some of these trends don't die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, honestly. Yeah, I like that. That's it. Let's keep the rawness like of 2020 without the roughage of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like let's, let's not forget, okay, <laughs> what happened, but... <laughs> 2021 is coming up and it's like it's equally going to be like a shit show. I feel comfortable in chaos. You so you said this, but like <laughs> you might be alone in your sentiment. It's comforting. You gotta go, you gotta go get some healing because that's not healthy. You know, looking back on this year, it has been stressful to say the least, but I think we have a lot to be happy for. Like a lot that you know, I find myself personally just like, damn, it's weird to say, but I have found happiness throughout this time. For sure. And I just, you know, feel a little good. And so I, I just want to live in that for a little bit, you know? We are all but, appreciating life. Mm-hmm. We're meant to be. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm taking the moments for what it is and appreciating what I can. And just like, generally finding happiness was the little things, right? For once, but something that we talked about in episode four was what we thought uh, we wanted to achieve by this year. So I wanted to bring them back up oh and sort of stress test how we how we feel like we did. So SP, since you said, oh my God, you're first girl. SP, yours was organizational style. You wanted to learn more about your organizational style and figure out a way to be more organized. And you also want to learn more about music and sounds and just how to project your voice in, in your words, not mine. I would say, how are we doing with that? I would say that I succeeded on both fronts. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, child. I wanted we, to find my voice and I wanted to know what I need to do what I got to do. And what I learned mm-hmm. is that I need to be honest with myself. Like, bitch, you are not about to wake up at 7 a.m. So don't even set the alarm <laughs> for 7 a.m. You know, you know yourself. You know you know, be honest, right, right. I started singing hmm. more. I got some karaoke in my system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that's a W for you then. Yeah, I would say so. I'm gonna continue on both fronts. Those are good continuous lifelong resolutions to keep up with. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. take a car off the wall behind me. Strum a few bars. Maybe you were strumming my pain. With his fingers. Okay, Miss Br- Okay, Miss Tressy B. <laughs> Y'all your, agree. Your, 
Yours was to say to stay nimble, be bold, and say what's on my mind. How do you think you're working toward that goal? I think I um I think I maxed that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I maxed that all out. Uh, no further words, Your Honor. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Um. So for being nimble, I think that everybody had to be nimble in 2020. I think you had to just move uh with the with the way of the world I think you had to just go go with the flow um I think I've always been nimble I don't know why that was my goal for 2020 I think that I'm always the person that just goes with the flow as far as being bold um I think that was more so about taking brave chances and I did that Mm -hmm. um I did that I think yeah yeah I I did that and what was the last one Saying what was on my mind. Saying what was on your mind. Oh, child, I'm going to do that anyway, because that's just how I am. I think you've spoken up up a lot more with other things uh, as well, Treasure. Which means? Just like, like for instance, your interest in, like, spirituality is something that you've become more vocal about. Mm -hmm. Like, sharing more. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, I feel like you've always done a good job of being vulnerable, like when you're going through stuff. Um, but I don't know, I just feel like you you have admitted when things like didn't go your way or like when things were like too much for you, you were like, just, like more like transparent about it. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's still a goal of mine. It's just uh, more transparency, not like oversharing, mm-hmm. but uh more vulnerability. I think one thing right. that's super important to me that has become super important to me within the past couple of weeks is just taking notice and taking inventory and seeing that uh, there has been a theft of black femininity where black women don't really feel like they can be uh, weak or vulnerable. They don't feel like they can, you know, be soft. And I think um, it's important for us to step back into that femininity and reclaim that because my my um team lead called me a strong black woman the other day and y'all know that post on twitter and like instagram these days it's talk about some what is something that feels racist but isn't yeah it was that yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh yeah i just felt exhausted after she said that like that is not a compliment to me um i don't want to always not. be strong i think that it's just it's exhausting I don't always have the expectation that I have to be strong. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm allowed to feel all of the emotions, not just be delegated to having just the strong one, you know? Yeah. And I know she didn't mean any harm by it, but um, yeah, I thought about it after she said that because as soon as she said it, I just felt exhausted. Like, huh. Mm -hmm. I think something for both of y'all, I think this year has really like, I've seen y'all come into y'all's own in a little bit. And I think that's that's very rewarding because I've always, you know, like we've always sort of seen each other as the ideal self of, we've always seen each other in different ways and how we all see ourselves, right? I think that's something everybody does, certain does. So I think it's really affirming to just see y'all continuously come into your bag and like figure out more and more what you want to do, how you want to show up, how I want to be the best that I can be. And I think that that for me is just very, um, I can't even think of the word, but I just, I just feel very proud, you know, it's just sort of like I'm around this sort of like greatness all, all, all the time. And that's like, ooh, 
That's it. I feel seen. That's see. That's why we're in this space. Is just always you to to feel seen, right? Mm -hmm. See my tree on on Instagram. Yeah, I like that tree. That tree look good, sis. Don't. (laughs) It really do. Can you? I wish you could make me one. Mm. I'll show you what I use to make it. Because if y'all thought I was pulling up a, a tree up out, out of my mama's basement, I ain't pulling that tree huge. Great, great, great depression this Christmas. <laughs> no, yeah. not great and depression. That is tree out of string. That is resourcefulness. <laughs> if you gonna stay innovating. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I'm not finished decorating it yet. I'm out of commission. Mine was to see my holes in a way, see my holes as a way to invite collaboration, uh, which I have. I took a hard look at myself around May and June, just like, where, what am I good at? What am I, what am I kind of good at? What am I not good at? And fine with it, right? You know, what am I good at? What am I not good at? What do I want to be good at, right? And stuff like that. And I've seen it as ways to work with other folk and also just like invite feedback in different ways to figure that out. And so that's something that I will continuously be working on and bringing forward. And the other one that I had was to spend more time with people that I'm close with. I don't know if y'all know this about me, but I have a really hard time of staying in touch with people. Um, I think I lie to myself and think I do a good job, but I don't. I don't at all. I think I'm a little bit of a hermit actually. And then I just like, am really reserved when it comes to fostering relationships with people. Um, so I've been trying to do a better job this year of actually making time to spend with folk and like calling them and like, you know, staying in touch. And sometimes I still do fail and still like go off the grid, but I've gotten, you know, feedback from people um, this sort of saying like, you know, you've really been more communicative this year and like really have stayed on top of everything, but that's awesome. You wanted to acknowledge your like holes and how you can invite collaboration in and you got basically like oh okay that. like you, okay. you got the opportunity to to do that. That's so mm-hmm. true. Say, don't pray mm-hmm. for patience because you don't get mm-hmm. more patience, you just get more opportunities to grow in your patience. Yeah. Uh, that is how ain't it the truth though? Ain't it ain't it the truth, but you an old ass uncle, and you can't tell me otherwise. Who me? Yes, you. Ain't it the truth, though? Ain't it the truth? <laughs> <laughs> That's some uncle shit if I ever heard it in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Get off my fucking line. Get off my case. Anyway, I think unless y'all have anything else, that about wraps up uh-huh. our last episode of the year. No, but I, I just wanted to comment on your. Uh, think about like fostering and maintaining relationships like I think that's awesome that you have uh done that and uh I never really realized that 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 you did that like you kind of went off the grid I never realized that because you're always so active in the group chat like you're the first person to be like look at this y'all look at this so I never realized that you know I think I think I do a great job of sending information but what I don't do a good job is understanding that there's more to a relationship than just that Mm. like there like I need to actively you know we both need to be actively like working on the relationship from both ends to make sure that 
we are um, strengthening this bond as the cultivating as it continues to go on. That's the piece that I, that I missed because I honestly didn't have like friends until I went to college. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is definitely has like- Me too, Jeremy. It, you know, it, it really defined me because I didn't realize how friendships worked until I was in my twenties, right? Um, and so I'm, I'm doing a lot of learning now about to how, how to continually foster relationships like this. And sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit behind everybody else because everybody, you know, had best friends since they was four or things like that. Like, I don't have any of that stuff. And so sometimes I, I feel like I'm inept, but then I also have to recognize and give myself grace because I haven't experienced that before. Mm. And I think between undergrad, grad school, and like doing everything else that I do, I have accumulated a lot of friends really fast. Um, and I think that's a great thing because I love every single one of y'all, but it's also really hard for me because I don't always connect the dots with how to continuously foster relationships with people. You know what? That's, um, that's something I can relate to as well. Um, I've, I've had friends, but I don't do a good job at like, uh, reaching out and kind of like maintaining those friendships mm -hmm. and, you know, I do for a while, but then I feel like there is a lack of reciprocity. And I think mm -hmm. for me, and I talked about this, this has been my theme for 2020 is uh, extending grace. Um, I have to learn how to extend grace to other people um, and have patience with other people because otherwise I get frustrated when people don't um, kind of try to maintain the friendship as well. And so I just stop yeah. when it, that's not really the case. It's just like people have the stuff going on in their lives. Um, and I think Friendship is a two-way street, um, and I think we all have it to work is. on it. So, I'm glad that you've uh, that you've taken the time out to practice that friendship, practice being a friend. I'm trying, and it, it takes good people to just like really call me out and be like, like my best friend called. I talked to her last night for maybe like two, three hours. And she was just like, "Yeah, you know, I had to I had to catch up with you because you really wasn't being communicative." And I was like, "Girl, I'm sorry," and I know like. We're all in that place right now where we're dealing with a lot, but I needed that personally just to be like, you know what? I haven't shown up, you know, the correct way and honoring our friendship in that way. My bad. Let me let me change courses here. But um enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um that was good that though. Issue. I have a lot of friends, a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people. Um, but I don't beat myself up about it because it's impossible to keep up to date with a lot of people. And I think mm -hmm. that's why I use my stories the way I do. And they're kind of like mm -hmm. informal and personal because I need people to know, like, I'm still me. It's just like, I just got too much going on. You know, mm -hmm. I have friends who I haven't talked to in months, but I could call up mm -hmm. or if they came to town would come stay with me, you know, and that's okay. Right. That's okay. You don't have to like, feel like you're, like a bad friend is sometimes it's just like, what do I need from this friend or what do I need right now in my life? Yeah. You're trying to understand that and still be there. That is so true. I have a friend uh, and we rarely talk. Like when I say we rarely talk, I never, I never talk to her. Um, but she's like a sister to me. And like, I treat her as such. And she's been in my life. We've been friends since second grade. And uh, that's my girl. We, we don't talk though. But when we see each other, we know what's up. And then we right. go our separate ways. I, I, and I love that because I don't like high maintenance friendships, to be honest. Like, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Nobody does. 
Well, it's not for depend any which way. Before we get <laughs> off on that, the other the other theme for 2020 is friendships, relationships, and cultivation. Okay, now let's get into that. But no, you know, we have done the damn thing. We have. This is the final episode of season three. Uh, we came back swinging midway through the year, and now we're gonna knock it out the park. The tail end of the year. I'm gonna show you these paws. Dang, I'm gonna show you these paws. Oh, <laughs> Before we come back, so is anything that y'all want to say to send off everybody that'll be listening? And of course, we'll have content spread out throughout our hi- hiatus to keep y'all, you know, feeding and updated and quenched and fed and all of that good stuff that you get at the cookout. But <laughs> anything that y'all want to. Any, any piece of words I want to say as we go on our little holiday retreat? Uh, I would just like to thank our listeners. And we always say thanks for listening. And we ask people to subscribe and like and follow us on at justus.podcast. But it really makes a difference to me. Like every time like the numbers move up, you know, like mm-hmm. two extra people listen this week or like mm-hmm. there was this many listens, this number of audience members, like we count you all, like, and we count on you all to help motivate us to keep making more content. It would be such a blower. Like, we, we would still talk, we would still have these conversations, but if only four people listen, you know, it would be like kind of demotivating in a way. We would be like, all right, we might as well just all have a group. I was still, four people. I was, and now, and now we'll have a group chat with them four people. Okay. Yeah, I would realize. We will be like, you know what? We can design this differently. We can just invite them up and then have a little tablet chat that way. Yeah. But being being a supporter and like, you know, just getting those messages throughout the week, like, oh, hey, I listened to this episode. It was really cool. Or like even someone just like send me the link. I'll check it out. It means a lot. Like it, it's, it's wonderful to feel support for something that we spent a lot of time in. And that, as you've heard, has like made a big impact on us in the last year and helped keep us kind mm-hmm. of sane going throughout the year so appreciate you all and have a happy happy new year mm-hmm. yes yes happy holidays uh today is the first day of uh was it hanukkah is it hanukkah or, yeah hanukkah today is the first day of hanukkah happy holidays what sp said she uh, said it beautifully and i can't say it any better or more gracefully um we really appreciate y'all tuning in every week every week and listening to us and we got some stuff in store for y'all for 2021 super excited um super excited so happy holidays um enjoy time with your family your friends Mm -hmm. and just you know Mm -hmm. make the most out of what has been a hectic year for many of us so yeah make the most out of those small moments and i can't say it better than to these two lovely souls that i have with me right beside me so do we have a word? Do we have a final word of the year? <laughs> we what said the word some words the today. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Is that the word? <laughs> That's what okay. I'm going to put in our sound clip file. Woo! The word of the day, the word of the year, okay, is woo! Just like that. Okay. Like it. And- the reason why it has it has a story to this thing, baby. Okay, it has rising action. It got climax. It got falling action to this. It got a resolution. Okay, it <laughs> has it all. And you listen to it and go, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, y'all are the brightness of the week that we all need. But I think that 
that ends the cookout for this year, y'all. Oh. So for everybody, thanks for kicking with us at the hottest creative cookout in the digital world. We will be back for season four in the new year, so don't think we're going anywhere else. But to hibernation, to come stronger and more mentally prepared for the shenanigans and foolishness that will come out of our brains. And soon. <laughs> and soon. So we appreciate everybody for coming out today. If you like what you heard, as always, definitely subscribe, leave a comment, tag us, do whatever your heart and souls compels you to. Even that is just to listen and go, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you can find <laughs> you can find us anywhere from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to wherever you get your favorite listening to. In whatever um, country you you're in. In whatever country you're in, because we're in all of them. Yes, if you want to stay are. up to date. If you want to stay up to date with us, you can follow us on IG at justus.podcast to see the latest of the shit that we're doing and what we have coming up next. But as always, happy holidays. And here's a hug from us to you. On God. (laughs) On God. I like Uh, that one. Woo! All right, bye. bye. Bye.